Come on in, guys. Matt Hambidge and Jared Sundin back for some Survivor Talking Llama podcasting. Jared, Survivor 43, how you feeling? Oh, so excited. Yeah, I, I don't know if you remember me uh, from, you know, Survivor 42, just how optimistic I was about everything. Um, so, yeah, you know, I maintained that level throughout the entire offseason and we're back. I'm sensing a heavy dose of sarcasm in that. In that uh, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe a, a medium dose. Medium, yeah, six out of ten, five and a half, okay. six out of ten. All right, I'll take it. I know, I know how down you were at points. I'll take a, I'll take a half sarcastic reaction there. <laughs> what? So going off of that, what were your, I guess, hopes or expectations or just thoughts in broad strokes going into into this premiere? My, well, I think we were both hoping they would get rid of some of the just game blunders. Like just bad ideas, that which were they did introduce. The I don't, game. Know, if you, and, I don't, I don't yeah. know if you saw the recent article, but probes did confirm the hourglass is gone and the do or die is gone. Okay, so that's good. Um, I guess my other like best case scenario was they just, I don't know, like they they start to cast it a little differently just like with i don't know more dynamic personalities like i know you know there's been a big emphasis on like creating a diverse cast it just seems like as far as personalities go you know no one's really jumped out aside from maybe one or two people a season um for the last couple so that was that was my big hang up. Um, yeah, my my main concern coming in and uh, also just trying to eliminate some of the predictability with like certain points they emphasize throughout the show. And um, yeah, so I, TBD, I'm sure a lot of that will still come back, but I'm I don't know. There was there's a couple of people that I really liked from tonight. Good to hear. So Good go to hear. That. And and I was kind of on the same boat. This was, I think, part of it is because the Survivor South Africa season ended a while ago, but it was four episodes per week, which just felt like a lot, which it is. So I was a little survivored out, and I I did probably the least amount of research or pregame looking into the the cast on 43 than I've done in, in a long time for sure since we started doing the podcast and so I was excited but it just kind of had had a different feeling for me not, not that I was pessimistic or anything but just kind of it felt a little different um but but I I'm optimistic about this season we've talked before about how 43 could be like the real litmus test because they filmed 41 and 42 back to back so they couldn't really take into account fan reactions you know, media critiques over 
twists and game mechanics. And this is the first time they can really take those things into account like they did with the do or die. And more importantly, the hourglass, one of the stupidest things they've ever done in the show. Um, so I, I'm, I'm hopeful for where this season can go. And I, I quite enjoyed the the premiere. There were a number of people that I liked. They, I love that they did just one elimination, one vote out. Cause you got a lot, so much time with the camp and the players that even not knowing, I probably couldn't, have given just individual names of anyone on the cast, not even matching them up with who they are, what tribe they're on, what they look like. I think I, I, I know everyone on the cast at this point. I mean, out of 18, at least probably 15 or 16 of them. It's not, if not everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm real slow with like organizing things in my head and I'm, I'm always behind on memorizing like who's on what tribe. Um, but I feel like, I feel like, I can maybe get 12 out of 18 names to faces right now. And um, that's better than six, you know, like <laughs> exactly. that's yeah. Yeah. I, I think they did a really good job with the editing and just the storytelling minimal focus on advantages and idols. And we'll get to the one. Cause I have, I have one very big question on the advantage that came up and we'll see if we can can sort that out but really it was it was the players and the stories and that's that's what i love about survivors seeing the players and the people go out in this environment and just be themselves or hide who they are whatever it is going to be and and how they adapt to everything and not as much of an emphasis on saying some dumb phrase to get an idol and that that kind of stuff uh so let's just jump into it get to the marooning i still call it that but it's not really a marooning anymore but got to keep some of the og stuff right We'll call it, they're plopped on the beach. We'll call it the plopping. Basically. And and it served basically as a, as a spot for Jeff to just wax poetic about Survivor and, and how important it is and how, how much of a change, a life changer it can be, which I suppose is true, but it, it felt very like Jeff wanted a moment. <laughs> I, thing. I was a little bit behind. I started about like 10 minutes behind and I knew you'd be ahead of me. And I was going to text you and be like, you know, I, I don't know about Jeff anymore. <laughs> like, man, I mean, he's to be to be fair, it's twenty one years, forty three seasons. He he's still got, he's still bringing the energy, but he's uh, struggling to keep it fresh a little bit. It's he's very natural. Um, I still maintain that like peak Jeff is is the greatest reality TV host ever. Um, oh, I'd agree, and. It's just he's not he's not peak Jeff anymore. It's sad. I I do think that right now, if you take the three mainstream American or not American, I'm sorry, English speaking versions, Australia, South Africa and the US, he's probably the third host if you're ranking them. But but peak Jeff blows Nico from South Africa and and um, Jonathan JLP from Australia out of the water, not even a contest. But right now, I think goes JLP, Nico, Jeff, and it's not particularly close between two and three right now. Not that Jeff's bad, but he has lost his fastball, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you just know what you're going to get. And, you know, back back at the top, it was like you didn't know what Jeff was going to say, and and that's what you loved. Yeah, he'd get into it with, with guys like, like Penner and, and Tyson and and all the, all those big personalities, and you just don't see that as much anymore. Um, so let's, let's just go over the tribes here quick before we get into the first challenge. We've got Baca in yellow. Ellie, 31, clinical psychologist. Janine, 24, a UX designer. Mike, 
54, a heart valve specialist. Gabler is he gets he gets the, he gets the last name treatment. I believe which, he uh, he introduced himself via last name. He said he he went the James Bond route. He he went Gabler, Mike Gabler. <laughs> Same uh, thing. Mariah, 28, a teacher. Owen, 29, college admissions director, who looks exactly like Wu. As far I as was I'm concerned. Just waiting until one of us <laughs> mentioned it. I was I was gonna call him New Wu. <laughs> Ooh, little little rhyme rhyme yeah. time there. I like it. And Sammy, 19, Sammy's 22, a student <laughs> slash pet cremator. <laughs> I thought they gave him another one too. He gave himself a few things like entrepreneur. I love, you notice that on the little like lower third, they threw it up there like at an angle. Like those are small things that they're doing with the production that individually they're kind of fun, but they do add up over time on the season when they throw those little, little twists into it. Nice personal touch. Yeah. Then on the blue tribe, Coco, we have Cassidy, 26, a designer, Geo, 35, a project manager, James, 36, an event planner. Carla, 28, an educational project manager, Lindsay, 42, a pediatric nurse, and Ryan, 24, a warehouse associate. Bringing up or finishing up the Survivor 43 cast is Vessie, the Red Tribe, Cody, 35, an elevator salesman. Love this dude. I, I let's let's wait. Let's okay. wait. But that that's my first first impression. Uh, Dwight, 21, a graduate student. Jesse, 30, political science PhD. Justine, 29, cybersecurity salesperson, NECA, 43, a pharmacist, and Noel, 25, a U.S. Paralympian. Yeah. Yeah, that's all of them. That, that's, that's the that's uh, all 18. That's the 18. Um, yeah, I was going to I was going to say and and, you know, beat me to the punchline here, but I was going to just say on the spot, like on the count of three, name your favorite player. And I knew we were going to say the same person. I mean, yeah, like. I don't- I don't, I think Cody's like tailor made to go out like next or <laughs> finish like fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere in there. Oh man. But oh my goodness, is this guy a blast? He's... I mean, he's show, showing off his ass tattoo. He's talking about how he's he needs to win because he's already spent some of the million bucks. I mean, yeah. this and then and then he hacks the opening challenge at the very end. That was the best. He's this is like surfer bro type dude. And then he has the idea. Wasn't it him with the with the key? Uh Oh man, that's a good that's a good question. Um, was well, Sammy hacked the other one, right? The he he got the yeah he got the one. one the the sweater savvy one. Um, or is that not a hack? That's just he just he just he just, just figured it out. It. He, um, <laughs> that's just the answer. <laughs> uh, uh, but wasn't I mean wasn't the first challenge hack kind of how you're supposed to do it anyway yeah but no one was doing it until okay yeah so we'll get to that but i'm pretty sure it was cody who's this like yeah hawaii server bro who i think is from iowa which is just yes please all Uh, all of it all of it that guy is is incredible um he also quoted shawshank redemption get busy living or get busy dying so that's always going to get him high on my list and so we jump into the first challenge like we like we do and it's a, just a reward challenge playing for camp supplies the usual not what is now the usual the pot machete and flint uh, so two players run down the beach retrieve and bring back two heavy wooden crates two more players race out in the water pull a boat back to shore with more crates build a cube puzzle out of the crates climb up and then this is 
kind of the only like difficult part of like how to do it is you take a bamboo pole to kind of push the the flint on a little ring off the pole to the end and every tribe is there at the end struggling and then eventually cody says hey put the key in the hole the bamboo and just pull it that way and then they just routined it did it very easily and that's probably what you're supposed to do but no one figured out until it's it's one of those things where you may not see it when you see it it's like oh obviously that's what you're supposed to do yep yeah i was i was just pumped i mean i had I had minus 350 on no for to someone blow out their shoulder. So I was like, by the end, you know, that was really all I was caring about. But yeah, the, it was good to see him. Our, our King out. Daniel. Yeah. And well, Stephanie, you know, back in the day, you got You got I feel like that opening challenge is uh, usually pretty risky. I feel like people are so hopped up on adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no blood and mud and whatever uh, they started us off with last season. Oh too. yeah. That, that part I was so happy about. It's just a challenge. Like I mentioned earlier, they didn't really focus on advantages or twists or anything like that. Just a straight up challenge. There's no decision you have to make. You go to the, when you go to the jungle, do you take the time to dig up an idol or just on you just hit the crates back? None of that. Just challenge a to B to C just done. Great first choice by production. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it was run really well too. Um, so pretty, pretty solid start. Yep. So, so Vessi uh, again, the red tribe pulls out the win. Uh, so here, let's go camp by camp, see what we can come up with here. Um, and oh, first, um, jumped over one part. Noel, the Paralympian, basically gives her final tribal speech on about minute six on the beach, <laughs> and. That's unfortunate. I, Save I like the best her for first. I, I like her quite a bit from what we saw tonight, but you can't be doing that. Like no. this is this is season 43. When you have such an obvious story like that, it's gonna it's gonna come up, but you gotta downplay that or just just ignore it. Do you think people would have noticed before final <laughs> tribal? Some some people might might not have. I've I've got some thoughts on Dwight that he he maybe wouldn't have noticed that. <laughs> When we get when we get to the the journey together, that was incredible. Yeah. You know I mean? Um. But she got gives an emotional speech. She was almost crying. It looked like, which I'm sure it's an emotional thing to talk about because it obviously is a huge impactful thing in her life. Like clearly losing a leg and relearning or kind of reintegrating how to live with no with one leg, then with a prosthetic leg. Yeah, great story, incredible story. But that's that's a Jeremy Collins. I'm playing for my family, my unborn child at home type of speech that she gave mm-hmm. on, on day one. So we'll mm-hmm. see if it comes back. Maybe it won't. We'll see. Um, so Albert Vesey, honestly, there wasn't a whole lot going on at Vesey. I thought that often it might be the case for the tribe that wins. They kind of struggled to get their, their shelter built, but whatever seemed to not really be anything. Uh, Justine and Noel form a quick connection. Uh, Cody, Nekka, and Jesse seem to seem to bond and are kind of aware of those two. Um, Jesse's kind of playing the middle. He's got both groups of two, uh, Cody, Cody and NECA and Justine and Noel kind of fight, not necessarily fighting for him, but, but courting him. So it's kind of Dwight left out in the, in the ether, if you will, at that point. But again, early on, see what happens. Anything else at, at Vessi before they go on the journey? There wasn't a whole lot there as far as I was concerned. No, no, I, I mean, 
was was kind of expecting when they said Cody had a better tattoo that to happen, but uh, it lived up to what I had imagined in my head. Yes, yes, just just living, just right on the butt cheek, just awesome. Shows it, no it, shame. I I love it. Was that? I mean, I. Th- See, I could be remembering this wrong, but that was after the first challenge, not the immunity challenge, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So moving on to Baca, and Baca and and Coco are a little lengthier because they get the they get the classic, not the now classic savvy or sweat decision, and different choices this time. Uh, the savvy task is the entire tribe works together on a brain teaser. Uh, they the only robot they get one guess. And the sweat task is two players to dig up their supplies. They get four hours to do it, and they're isolated from the rest of the tribe for however long it takes them to complete it. And Baca, they choose the brain teaser. Now, off off the cuff, um, Sammy, our, our guy Sammy, kind of volunteered to do the digging. And he later says he didn't want to show off his, his puzzle abilities. But I, I think you have to go... And and we saw both tribes succeed, one doing one, one doing the other. I feel like you have to go with the brain teaser, the, the group decision, right? Yeah. I mean, I there I think we went over the pros and cons of uh separating two of you from the other four in the last two seasons. And yes. uh usually usually we come out on the work together side. Yes, yeah, you work together. In, unless you can get out of being the two, but the people that, that realize it, they go, oh, if this guy volunteers, I'm probably the next one to get pulled in. Yeah. So <laughs> screw that. Yeah. Yeah. Because two people, those you give those four up to up to four hours to bond without you. And that might be all, all she wrote for your game. Yeah. You're also uh, spending I've... tons of energy, tons of physical energy but to potentially still fail. And then it's only you two that can get blamed for that. Or you all yeah. work together. You can serve your physical strength. And yeah, maybe you get it wrong. At least you fail together. You can't really just blame one person. Yeah. So, well, I just had like three things in my head. Um, yeah. Also, very much in favor of not doing the physical energy one first thing that you do when you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I think Sammy is going to be like borderline dominant in challenges. Like if this is any indication, I mean, he's obviously physical, but like he seems to really, really know what he's doing. Like just big picture and thinking outside the box. And yeah, I think he's, he's going to be scary. And then, uh, number three is in general, I've really liked the savvy challenges that they've picked um, in the last few seasons, like the triangle counting one. And now this number one. I agree, especially when you see someone like Jonathan last last season trying to count the triangles and get like <laughs> seven. <laughs> yeah, that was it that many. It was yeah, yeah. It was it was very low. Uh, and they're like, yeah. Jonathan, there's like 15 right here. <laughs> I can get I can get to eight. 
so good. Um, so Baca chooses the, the savvy. And so they have they lift it, they lift the lid on a table and they find a bunch of bones. Now the they don't say what the bones are. I was kind of curious. Maybe, maybe Sammy sent over some some old pet bones from the crematorium. That could be that worked that out. That'd be. be kind of a nice little twist for him. And it's they're organized in a number, and they can move two bones one time each to create the largest the largest number they can. And obviously, you have to get the largest possible number to you know win the challenge. Um, and and they're kind of struggling. And Sammy again, he said. He wanted to choose the sweat because he's very good at puzzles and he wanted to kind of hide that. And you know what, what a really good way to hide your ability is, is to, is to stop everyone what they're doing and say, are you ready for your minds to be blown? <laughs> that's a really I, good way to, to lower your threat level. I mean, that's the most subtle way I could think of doing it. Yes. Yes. Um, almost as subtle as, as JD from, from 41 yelling Kobe and then completely missing the, the layup <laughs> into the, the ball onto the, whatever it was. And there, and then we're just like, I, I was picturing that I go, this, this is the JD moment for this guy. If he messes this up after that big proclamation and he's wrong, like he's toast, but yeah. he was right. Yeah. And did it, the, the, the savvy ones are always a little tough to do at home live because you can't necessarily get a good glimpse of it did you have any thoughts on on this one well i tried to i tried to figure out myself if if they were sticking with four digits i was i got nine 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 zero and then i i turned one of the zeros into a seven uh and added the two sticks to make another digit but i did not I did not take the right two sticks away to make two extra digits. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So that, that was actually pretty impressive. Um, at least again, I usually don't try to figure those out because I, I usually can't on the fly like that. Um, but, but that felt like a very classic survivor puzzle because your mind goes to four. It's going to stay four digits. So you do need to think outside the box a little bit like Sammy did to get to the, the five digit number. Yep. I thought like, I thought for sure that was, that was going to be the solution was making more digits. Cause like there's only so much you can do if you're keeping it with four and it just seemed, yeah, it seemed too easy. But yeah, like it, it, it felt like a, like a good balance of it's not just going to be a gimme, but you've got to, but it's very solvable at the same time. Yeah. Once you figure it out, it takes just a little extra thinking to like maximize the, the actual number. Yep. Yep. So they get, they get their, their supplies um, elsewhere on, on Baca. Again, not, not a ton. Ellie opens up to Janine and Mariah about her sister dying a couple years ago. Good, strong bonding moment. Anytime you can form that emotional connection. Although it didn't stay super strong in, in the end. Um, but those are the, when we saw, and we'll get into it more. We saw a lot of talk over like women's alliances tonight. And guys, where's rocks when you need them? Where's rocks when you need them? And this kind of emotional connection, that's what you form bonds over. Something real and tangible that you can connect over. And, and I'll get into it more with, with Lindsay. Um, and then pre-tribal as well with 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 some of them. But 
you can't pick something just gender lines to form an alliance. If that's the only reason you're doing it, you're playing the game wrong. Yeah, I I think you're playing the game wrong. I think it's an easy place to start, though, for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, it's a, it's a good in. And if, if all you're trying to do is survive one vote, and then you're going to rethink things. Sure, go that route if that's what you think you're going to do. But you got to have the long-term vision in mind as well. Yeah. Um, onto the fire, and our, our guy Sammy, Gabler can't get the fire started, so Sammy steps in, and he he gets it lit. And as he says, this was the best quote of the episode. It might be the best quote of the season. It might be the best quote of the three new era survivor seasons so far. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. He, he says, fire is something I know I can do. Just like the shih tzu I put in the incinerator. <laughs> I, I actually do remember that now. Incredible stuff. Absolutely <laughs> incredible stuff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. I wonder if like shih tzus are like a running joke among the just pet cremation community. Uh, where does he just came up with that really fast? Well, he probably did recently put a shih tzu in the incinerator. He, you, you know what? That's actually the most realistic <laughs> explanation. You're right. <laughs> I mean, that's just, I mean, I don't know. I think he's got potential to go really far or to flame out yeah but for however long he's on the show whether it's one more week or till the finale he's going to be a lot of fun to watch yeah he seems he seems like a second vote after the merge boot like makes a good run early on and then when he has to get in with everyone i think he might struggle a little bit or like he could just be a consensus threat yeah, but, maybe maybe like he'd be the, the stereotypical merge boot, but he's so obvious. Let's go somewhere else. This vote type of type of boot. Um, he's also rocking the low kai bracelets, which I, which I always wear. So my, my guy there, too. Got to love that. Um, where else are we here? Let's see. Elian Gabler, Bound of a Rock Music, which was kind of a, f- a fun couple minutes, but not much there. She uh, like definitely didn't care either yes she she played it <laughs> super well because she, yeah. she saw i guess that's maybe the thing to talk about is is she saw how invested he got because of yeah. that and then she kind of realized oh here's another option for me if i want or need to go that route but i've got i've got some other other lanes to go down if i if i, if I prefer yeah but i think she's sitting in, in a pretty good spot i'm over on coco the blue tribe ryan and geo they agreed to do the sweat task. And my initial thought was these, these morons, these idiots. And then they finished about, about 30 minutes, according to them. Yeah. They had four yeah. hours. I mean, this is the best case scenario. If you do the sweat, you just luck out. And that's what I like about this one compared to the, the first 41 and 42, where you're lugging water. You can't really luck into finishing that early. You just either do or you don't. This one, they had to dig up. They had a set area. A huge area they had to dig through and they set up some like X formation to segment off. I don't know why it worked, but it did. Um, maybe someone smarter than me can explain why that was so effective, but this best case scenario, if you're doing the sweat is that you finish early by lots of luck. And that's what they did. Yeah, that is like, 
I didn't even think of that as being a possibility. Uh, like when they proposed the sweat, I was just like, okay, yep, they're going to grind. And then it's like, oh yeah, you can actually finish that one like easily if, if it goes right. Yeah. And I'd love to hear some more thoughts on that from someone who, who knows more than I do about it. I know it, it reminded me of, of Christian's idol search from David versus Goliath, the breadth, the breadth first search where you search all over like more area in less detail. I think it was, but I don't know if that's just because this was another, a different way of thinking about it, but I don't, whatever they finished it. Good for them. They, they made what I think is the wrong decision, but it worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of the do or die, making the wrong decision and uh, having it work out for you. That's one thing. Sur- Survivor is the, is like the ultimate test of results-based thinking, which I absolutely hate process over results. Obviously, if you win a million dollars, sure, you can argue you did the right thing, but something like this, I still think it was wrong, the wrong choice. Yeah. But anyway, moving on. Uh, Lindsay is is trying to form an, an all-girls alliance. Just She literally says, my goal was to form an all-girls alliance. Yep. So we'll, we'll see how, how that pans out. But again, whether it's all men, all female, black, white, blonde hair, athletes, nerds, you focus on just one specific thing, you're, you're, it's just, it's just so short-sighted and she, and she didn't say I'm focusing on this until the merge or for the first vote or the first two votes, whatever that seemed to be her plan, which she seems smart enough. Maybe, you know, I hope she'll figure it out that there needs to be a real connection there that if, if Carla and um, I'm blanking on the other woman on the blue tribe, Cassidy aren't the right connections for that will cut them loose. Um, but again, one episode, we'll see where it goes. But this was the first of a lot of talk of let's form a girls alliance because we're girls. Which that's what you want to play it, play it that way. But you got to have a real connection. Said it before. Yeah. Say it again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, get through the first one. Yep. And again, do what you got to do to get through the first one. I know people have been voted out for for weird reasons at, at the first boot. and the anybody but me strategy is fully viable at any point, but especially the, the first, the first boot. Um, but then Carla, she was kind of worried about her social, social bonds or social skills, I guess, going into the game, but she starts to kind of connect with everybody on the tribe and kind of find her finding herself in the middle, which can be a precarious spot because you can have a lot of power or you can be the Sarah Lucina and not pick a side and then just get voted out. <laughs> not pick a side and then force everyone to your side that yeah. the, the 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 sarah vote out in kagayan is still one of the funniest to me because they, they, they phenomenal they edited it so well too oh i have all the power i'm making all the decisions or you don't make any decision communicate <laughs> it say to say well she's not with anybody <laughs> let's just get rid of her yeah well this is kind of a sidebar but uh like going into that season obviously i had seen it before i was watching it with with ashley um and she could not figure out why i was so excited for her to watch 
Tony and Sarah. And she just like hated Sarah. She's like, I don't know how you expected me to like this person. I mean, she's just like trying to run the whole game and not doing a good job. And uh, that, yeah, that first season was kind of weird for uh, what happened in her next two appearances. But um, yeah, that's, man, that's one of the all time best. And uh, glad, glad no one tried to pull that off this time especially especially Carla um, seems like it seems like even if she's not confident she's also not in over her head and um, is is dealing with the situation that's been presented to her pretty productively yeah I think she's doing really well I, I think I don't think anybody really stuck out maybe we'll get into it at the end of anyone who's really just like fumbling right now. There's no one who was obviously searching for an idol on their own or who just isolated themselves for whatever reason or said something dumb or did something stupid or whatever. Everyone's kind of, from what we've seen at least, more or less contained themselves, which is good to see a a full cast playing a mostly smart game early on. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if we want to, get to it more towards the end of who we think is like doing the best and who's the most at risk of, uh, of leaving soon. But yeah, that's, that's probably more of an end yeah. of episode talk. So we'll get into the not Shipwheel Island. We don't have a, we don't have a, a, a name for it yet. So let's call it the risk or no risk, which is basically the same thing. There's just no wheel and the mechanics are slightly different. So Carla Gabler and Dwight go off on a little journey together and they take a hike, get to know each other, as the phrase always says, and then they make a group decision, although it's not a group decision. It's they make a decision as part of a group, but it's all individual decisions, semantics, but still. Um, and this is what I'll talk about with Dwight when when he when when they, he says what they were told to do to walk through this water and go up this cliff. He goes, oh, that's nothing. It's going to take like two minutes. And then they show where they're walking. They're wading through like 100 yards of at least waist deep water and then up an actual like cliff. What part of that makes you think it's going to be like three or five minutes long? Yeah. I mean, that was a broken ankle waiting to happen. That, that water walk. That yeah. That, just that looked, looked terrible. That looked rough. Yeah. Uh, but if, if that's how Dwight sees that maybe, and maybe it's just a, a bad moment that survivor had to put out there, but. And it, pro- it probably means nothing in the scheme of Survivor, but it was just very funny to see him say that and then see what they had to do. It's like, yeah, for sure, that's taken a very long time to do. Yeah. Well, maybe that's it'll a- become a thing. Maybe he'll maybe he'll miss a few things and that'll, that'll <laughs> just, be like his... Just, mis- just misjudge every single thing they, they do. <laughs> yeah. I would actually love that if it's just him being... Just guessing being wrong on everything, like completely hilariously wrong. So when they get to the, the end of the, the hike, it's a risk or no risk. And so they just, they choose a card risk, no risk. The risk again is their vote of tribal council and whoever chooses risk will draw out of a bag where there's one advantage. Now, was it clear to you if only one person chose risk, did they just get it or they still have to draw from the bag? That's what I wasn't sure on. But I think they would just get it. They would just get it. I, I guess I've been, uh, I've been unclear and wrong in the past. Okay. Well, I guess I'm. We'll probably find out in, in a later episode. But in this case, 
Um, Carla protects her vote. Gabler and Dwight both risk it. So they draw one. One of them will get an advantage. One will lose their vote at their next tribal council that they attend. And they won't, they don't reveal it on the, on the rock. They have to wait till they get back to camp to do it. Uh, so they return to camp. And one of the interesting pieces is that this is the first time where the incoming cast has seen the recent seasons. It's seen all of 41. I think most of 42, not all of 42. That's when they started filming. So they, they know in general how these works, how, how these work. They maybe don't know if it's for sure the ship wheel or, but they know that they go off on these isolated journeys that something's on the table as far as advantage in the game or idol or whatever it might be. So the player coming back is kind of in a tough position because they can only be so dishonest that they want to be. So both Dwight and Gabler tell what is the full truth. And then Cody, our guy Cody again, doesn't fully believe Dwight's story strictly because he didn't think he would have dried off that fast. Because <laughs> because Dwight says that they were walking through water like chest high and, and Cody's like, no, they he would not be completely dry. They were only gone like 90 minutes. He'd, be, he'd still be wet if that was the case, which I'm sure this. The sun's beating down on them. He had plenty of time to get dry. Yeah. But I love that yep. that's the thing he, he, he clung on to as why I didn't believe him. He's going to be a gold mine. Oh, I've, I can't wait. We'll, we'll talk about him later on a little more, hopefully. Yep. Cody's incredible. Um, Gabler does the same thing. Tells, tells the tribe they seem to buy it. We didn't see anything about them not believing him. Um, so it seemed to go down pretty smoothly. And then we, we see the reveal. Dwight lost his vote. Gabler gets his advantage, which this is my question. So it's not so much an advantage as it's just an, an idol. The way it was worded, it said you that'll keep you safe through two tribal councils. Does this mean he's just, it, it can't mean he's automatically safe because they were considering voting for it. It, I'm assuming it's just a regular, this is good for two, for up to two tribals, and then it's done. Yeah, because he was also, like, I think he chose not to play his idol and said he was going to play his shot in the dark. Which we'll get to. So, but that so, would yeah, so, lead me to believe, I mean, as dumb as you might think that is, that would... That would lead me to believe he at least has the choice to play. Yeah, that's what that's what eventually what it came to be. But the way it was worded and read on on screen made it sound like he was just automatically safe, which would be horrible. Yeah, it'd be way too powerful. But that's the way the way it read. I'm I'm sure it said, "We'll keep you safe through two travel councils." But I think I think we're safe on that. That uh, he is not automatically safe. But next time he is, he'll, he'll just use it. Hope well, we'll see. Some some real Roxroy vibes with that with that move he was contemplating making. Yeah, I I mean, if you can be one dimensional and unpredictable at the same time, <laughs> I think he's that. That's just an incredible way to put it. One dimensional and unpredictable is not the way you you want to come off. <laughs> no. No, it's tough I mean, to plan for. Tough to from plan. an entertainment standpoint. It's it's a gold mine. I mean, the like one dimensional and unpredictable. I would say Big Wendy would be probably another uh, 
another good candidate there. Uh, so ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely absurd character on this show. Uh, so that brings us to the first immunity challenge of the season. Uh, so the entire tribe, they race through some obstacles, collect three balls along the way. One player digs under a log, which then releases a ramp. They climb up the ramp and across a balance beam, which then gets you to the ending table maze. The kind of one rub there is the first tribe to get to the table maze gets to pick which one they do. There's three options. Second tribe picks one of the last two. Third tribe picks whatever's left. And the other kind of wrinkle in the middle is once one person is across the balance beam, they can untie a pole that releases kind of a second half of the beam. So it's just a simple walk, basically. I thought this was kind of a weird addition that there was no, usually there's a penalty. You can re- release the, the beam, but you have to, you add 10 pieces to your puzzle or you, or you have to wait 30 seconds to go on or whatever it might be. There's usually something. Now this one, you did, did have to untie ropes. So I don't know if this, if the, if the strategy was, do we wait for the ropes to be untied to go across or do we go across as they untie them? But it didn't seem that difficult. So you just wait till the ropes are untied. And then you just, like we saw, I think it was, I think it was James just like strolled across very casually. So I don't, I don't know what the point of that was. Yeah, I, I could be, I could be misinterpreting what you're saying. I, I thought maybe the strategy was like, making sure you pick the right people to do it where you're not burning time with one of them falling. But like, if you, like, if someone falls, do they have to go back and do it again? Like, are they the only designated person who can attempt the beam or can people just keep going one after the other until you get two across? They didn't say, but it sounded, it's, I would guess that if like, if I go and fall, you could just then go. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just didn't. I mean, again, I'm not complaining. It's a very small thing, but just it just didn't quite seem like it fit. Like, I don't really see what the point of including that was. No, yeah, I. but we, we can move on. That's yeah. neither here nor there. The part that I do like is is the table maze. Again, we've said it a bunch of times. Give players, give tribes choices, make them choose A or B, in this case, A, B or C. It makes things so much more interesting. It doesn't do anything to the show to add in one little thing where they have to choose. And um, Coco, uh, the blue, they they get to them first. And so the three the three mazes are kind of a standard table maze. You got the little it's it's a maze on a table, self explanatory. There's one that's just a straight shot, just a single beam down the middle with the three balls, and then the last one has obstacles to maneuver around. I would have taken the maze first, which they did. Yep. What would you what what would you have taken second? I see that's it's a hard question because I feel like by some logic you would either take the straight shot first or last. Like it would not be the middle choice, but in my head, I think that is the one I would want to do second. I see the first point because I feel like you would either think it would be the easiest or the hardest. You're not going to think that's the middle one as far as difficulty goes. Yeah. Yeah. Because in, so, the, in the moment, I thought they were dumb for taking the straight shot one. 
Yeah, it's um, I I was like saying to myself when I was watching it, like once you get the first one figured out on the straight shot, it's probably the easiest one. Well, the fu- the funny thing there is, so um, they t- so Vessi takes the the straight shot second, they struggle, then they they switch up their strategy where um, I think it was Jesse goes behind who it was behind the other person so they're just they're back they're front to back rather than side and side they get it and then they went right back to being side by side (laughs) and then then they nailed it right away but i was like you couldn't do it that way you did it very easily with a different strategy and then you just abandoned the strategy yep interesting um anyway coco wins Vessi gets uh, second before Gabler and Sammy can even land one ball. And they were kind of going at their button heads a little bit. Sammy was getting in, in Gabler's face a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, I th- no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I mean, sure. Like maybe, I mean, we're not, we're not on that maze, like feeling like how the table feels and, and knowing what Gabler is doing, but like it seemed like a little much. Like I, I mean, what do you want from, him to from do? Sammy's side of things? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'd agree, and I think that might be one thing that gets Sammy in trouble is he does have a big personality, and those are the kind of people where if you don't connect with them, can really rub people the wrong way, yep. and can make you a desired vote or, or boot very quickly. Chris Noble, but he's got bars though. He's got Unless you ask all Wendell. the bars. Unless you ask Wendell. Put the pen uh, down. No, keep the pen. Keep the pen, Chris. Keep the pen. Keep the mic. Keep it all. Both Noble and Kuna. Keep the pen. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so that brings us back to, or brings us to the first pre-tribal scrambling of the season and almost the first and one of the most boneheaded decisions we would have ever seen in Survivor. This was nuts for a lot of reasons. So Gabler. He, he takes kind of ownership of losing the challenge, which I get the mindset, but don't draw attention to it. And also, no. also, like I think it's Ellie says it at Tribal, is targeting someone just because they messed up in one part is kind of short-sighted as well. It's like, it's like when a kicker misses a field goal to, to you know, lose the game. They didn't lose the game on their own. They just, they just messed up at a the most critical point at the game. <laughs> so it, yeah. it puts more emphasis on that loss. Like Blair Walsh didn't completely screw the Vikings against the Seahawks. No, no, but yeah. And that's, that's how Daniel Carlson ends up on the Raiders. <laughs> as like the second best kicker in the league. <laughs> exactly. So it can come back to bite you one way or the other. Um, so he, he like apologizes for losing, says he's not going to hide behind his idol. Because he he feels like he feels like he should be at risk. My guy, what are, what are you doing? So he says, "I'm not going to play the idol. I'm going to play my shot in the dark." Okay, I was I was stunned, absolutely stunned when this was happening. Yeah, it seems like you know a little too much too soon. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he was like thinking it was super important to get through one tribal without using his idol so he could just use it the next one like that's 
my that's that's how I read it was like he bluffed so he could save his idol for for sure the next time they went. And I I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, none like of it, it makes sense. No, but <laughs> I, I think the idea is, is sound that, yeah, you want to get through. If you only use it for two tribals, you want to use it on the second tribal. You don't want to waste it on the first one. If you don't have to. And I feel like, though, at the first first vote with only six people. It'd be very dumb to vote for him anyway. Because you can't really split the vote. Yep. And you're taking a huge risk voting for someone that everyone knows has an idol. You're kind of just saying, okay, he's at least making it through two tribals and we're, and you just, you just live with that. Yeah. Um, so, so Ellie basically talks him out of it immediately, very easily saying, we're not voting for you. He goes, Oh, okay. I won't, I won't put my shot in the dark then. No, I yeah. wonder if there's more to that conversation or if he actually is that easily convinced of things. Uh, oh, one dimensional, but unpredictable. We'll see. Would you say he's a combination so far of, of rocks and Brad? One dimensional, like rocks, unpredictable, like Brad, you know, I would say he's more Brad than rocks. I guess it's, I guess it was mostly just this moment the i deserve to be at risk so i'm going to play my shot in the dark and say my and not my idol that was kind of the rocks the rocks right vibes yeah yeah i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait <laughs> for my for my gabler comparison okay fair enough big uh, wendy is my is my uh lead contest lead candidate for for my gabler comparison don't like that uh so sam ellie mariah and janine discuss the vote that's four of the six if, if you're doing math at home and they all say they're not going to do gabler which really not really it literally only leaves owen as, as the vote um but ellie isn't so sure she thinks mariah is the weakest needs to go and then janine is worried about that leaving her and ellie in a three-two minority against the guys again make bonds with the guys and those numbers don't matter in that sense just form relationships with people that you need to form them with and and you're good yep there, there was a lot more emphasis this episode on like female bonding only over being female than you've seen like it happens so often you hear threats of women's alliance or women wanting to join, make women's alliance then how often does, does it fall apart because it's not a strong enough factor to build an alliance on well uh, one more time after this episode. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and and again, the first vote, is, first vote especially, I'm sure people are freaking out. You don't want to be the first boot over anything else. And whatever you can do to make that happen, you want to do. But again, you've got to, got to, got to see the long game. Yep. Yeah. I. It's hard. It's hard to put yourself in that position. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like once I got comfortable, if I was playing, um, I'd be able to come up with a little more strategy, but there's, there's really no telling what I would do to stay there for, 
for one vote. So I guess yeah. I'll just keep going back to that. But like in general, I don't like the idea. Yeah, no, that and, that, and that's fair that on the island, you're probably just grasping at anything that you can get your hands on to to get in with somebody. And the obvious similar characteristics are probably easy to to bond over. Like like Carla and Gio, they're they're both gay. They bonded over that. And it's a good starting point. And if that's if that leads them to a stronger connection. But then we saw last season, Romeo and High, they had some nice moments, but didn't really form a bond because of that. And so you can use those to kind of get, you know, dip, dip your feet and get your feet wet a little bit, see where things go. But you've got to be able to cut it. If if your starting entry point isn't going anywhere, find a new angle or cut that person loose. Agreed. Uh, so going into the first tribal council. Pretty mundane, except when Mariah tried to say they got a moral victory that day and everybody just shut her down, including Probst. That was yeah. the moment. That was the moment where I go, where I knew, okay, Mariah's going home after that reaction. I just yeah, knew I, I would have, I was, I was pretty on board for Jeff uh, in that moment where he was like, tell me how you won. Like, I, I'm not seeing it because you lost. So, yeah, I was trying was to imagine little... him hearing that from like a returning player from like somewhere in the 20s or 30s and just just ripping, going to town on him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty, a pretty classic. Jeff just is a little more like Botox and like a <laughs> little more surprise on his face. He wasn't quite as snarky as we would have liked to see. No, but yeah, she, no. she's saying, well, we didn't give up and and all that. And 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 Owen and Sam was like, you know, we've got. We've got enough moral victories at home. We're we we need to get real victories out here. And yep. no one came to her defense. I was like, yeah, she's <laughs> she's gone. Yeah. And the fact that she didn't play her shot in the dark, she must have been way out of the loop. Because at the, at that point, you've got to realize, oh, I'm done. I got to literally take my shot in the dark and just go for it. Yep. Yep. Uh. Not not a great read on that. Not exactly sure what she thought was going to happen, but didn't. What What are your thoughts now? Because on on forty one, it seemed like a lot of tribes were splitting the votes to kind of protect against the shot in the dark. And forty two, it seemed like there's a lot less of that. They've kind of just said, "Going to vote for who we vote for," and that's what we're going to do. And that's what happened here. We didn't see all the votes, but I'm assuming it was a five one because we only saw only saw one Owen vote. What do you think in general of trying to guard against the shot in the dark? Because you have to do like a four-two split in that case, or like yeah, a four-three-one or something. It or seems like a really specific situation where you would need to do that, where like the person would have to have a pretty good idea that they were going home, and then everyone else would also have to be on the same page with splitting the votes and it, it's just a lot like it seems it seems like a lot to coordinate but i mean it's like if you can pull it off definitely better than just rolling the dice yeah and i really said a three three one split which is impossible in a <laughs> six person tribe just so no one called me out on i did i did i did realize i made the mistake you were, yeah i it, mean there's extra votes out there <laughs> that, that's fair that's fair but yeah, it is very tough in a six-person tribe to split between two people. But I feel like there was more attention paid to that in 41 
over how to kind of guard against that that chance. But I like that the shot in the dark exists, but is now just kind of more in the background. It's not this every vote type of thing. That's kind of where it should live, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of settling in. Um, it's hard to tell. I mean, maybe the first season they introduced it, it was like a way bigger point of emphasis where uh, everyone's like, oh, this is the biggest new thing that we've seen so far. Like we have to plan against it. Now it's just, it's just kind of there and it's never worked. So I guess. Yeah. I guess one thing we don't see is how much Jeff like talks about it in, you know, at the end of immunity challenge or during trouble council, or maybe he did mention it more where if, I, I can see that where if I was at travel council and the host of the show just keeps mentioning this new thing over and over and over, it might get in your head where, okay, maybe I should play this this time. Whereas if he kind of leaves it, leaves it be a little bit say in 42, that it's less at the forefront. Yeah. Just speculation, but that could go into it. All right. So Mariah's unanimous, unanimously voted out and first boot out first episode, first two hours. 43 in i really enjoyed the episode i had a really good time with it yeah it was like pretty digestible there was not there was not a lot of like extra bells and whistles that uh, created more questions in my head than i had going in it was uh like i i made it through with a pretty good grasp of everything that happened yeah, and and that that's one massive benefit to them being able to do the two hour premiere, and it's the thing that gets talked about all the time, especially now with the growing prominence of Australian and South African Survivor with the longer episodes. That when done correctly, you give everything the strategy, the players, the challenges, the whatever else, so much more time to breathe, and you let the fans and the audience get into the show a lot more than you can in a 42 minute episode at, after commercial commercials are factored out. And I know the way TV works there and here is very different that it, you can't just do a 90 minute block for survivor, but I, I do want to know how much effort, if any, they pitched to CBS, give us more time because it, it makes for just better episodes when you can, spread things out you need, and if you want to do an advantage you need to jam it down our throats for for 37 minutes of the 42 we have and then you're like oh steve went home tonight but we saw him for three seconds so it's yep. so this just it just proves that longer episodes are better that if they can find a way i everyone i think would be all in for it but yeah it was very i think digestible is a great way to put it that it wasn't overwhelming there was no no twists at all, actually. Nothing new to explain, which they've done such a poor job of explaining in the past two. It's like, here's this thing. We'll give you 55% of it. You got to figure out the rest out on your own. We'll give you 55% of it, but we'll spend 28 minutes giving you 55% of it. <laughs> and we'll make the remaining 45 wildly, unnecessarily complicated and confusing and poorly worded. So that still probably could come. And we'll see what happens. The thing I'm most curious about, not most curious about, but one thing I'm very curious about is the the beware advantage. Because I'm pretty sure that as a as a as a concept is sta- is sticking around. But 
how it's going to work is going to be could be could be fun to see because I'm a, I'm assuming they'll change up the, mecha- the exact mechanics of it. I'm not going to do some weird wacky phrase because they'll be watching for it. If someone talks every challenge in a row about the bunny at the mailbox, people are going to pick up on that. So I I do I am looking forward to seeing how they slip those into the game now. Yeah, I would it'd be a just terrible gameplay tactic, but I'd love for someone to just randomly start using the same weird phrase over and over again now that people are looking for it. That's it. That's interesting. Intentionally draw fake heat onto yourself. When you just know no one's gonna come to your rescue. <laughs> just I just want to make my life a little more difficult. See, see how big of a hole I can dig myself out of. It could be a gabler. It's not, I mean, that's on the table for him. This is true. I mean, we've seen people try to draw votes to play an idol for good and bad reasons. Maybe this is along the same lines. You never know. Never know. All right. Best part of the episode, winner picks, Jared. And then we'll talk about big picture, but who you got for winner pick? Uh, I'm... You know, I hope we don't pick the same one. I'm going to go with James. Okay. I kind of I kind of like him. Uh I think he's he's got a, a good way with people. He's, you know, not a big physical looking guy. Um and I love the chess aspect just cuz I think end game is so important and figuring out how you're going to get to the end and like with him being a a champion like this at a super high level that at least is going to come into it a little bit for him, like figuring out how exactly you're going to make it work. And I I like that. He's an actual chess champion. Not like our guy, Marty. Yeah. I mean, Marty could give him a run probably, (laughs) but (laughs) he did beat tennis hall of fame. He did train with tennis hall of famer for (laughs) Guillermo Vias for his his chess training (laughs) or beat him or whatever it was that, that because it was a tennis player, that makes it just even even more incredible to me. Yeah, because I I've I've thought many times more than I could admit about me being in Fabio's position. Because like I would have re- I recognized the name, I would have known he was full of BS because of, he chose some old Hall of Fame tennis player. Which sure most people probably wouldn't know, but I would have caught it. I'm like, oh, this guy's uh-huh. completely full of it. Yep. Yeah, but no, I I like that. I like my winner pick is along the same lines in in one sense. I'm going with Jesse. Okay, I like and it's worked out to varying degrees of, of success. I like going for winner picks that don't have like a big premiere. Like Sammy was is huge this episode. I feel like their yep. winner they they wouldn't put out that much in like the the center of the show right away and and maybe he's like that the entire time and and you can't help it but i like going to someone who whether it's a, it's for good reasons or bad reasons now nick wilson davis goliath obviously fuck that trying with a bad terrible first episode got saved but i i like to find someone who is solid they don't have anything bad happen they don't do anything stupid they're just kind of there being solid Forming some bonds. They sound smart. They know what they're talking about. Um, but there's a lot of people actually that I 
whose whose chances I quite like. Yeah, I would um, say maybe half. Uh, I would say maybe half the field, like, is is playable. Yeah, I, I think I think Ellie's in a really good spot. Um, socially, Carla's making really good connections. We'll see, see if she can keep that up. Um, uh, let me look at the cast cast list here. Um, Cassidy got a couple good confessionals, but didn't really we didn't really see a lot from her. Um, Dwight, I don't feel great about. At least not from this episode. Um, we didn't really see a lot from NECA, so I'm not really sure where to put her. Noelle, if if she can move past, if she can get people to forget about the the quote unquote sympathy vote, which may or may not be a real thing, I think she, you know, she she showed some potential. Um, but but I think like Gabler and Dwight. Those might be the top two of, and actually, I don't think Cody can win the game. I'd love to see him think, win. I don't think so either. But I, I think those three probably stick out as, as the least likely, and then maybe maybe Lindsay. I like Lindsay, but something about the way she's approaching the game. I don't, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to explain. I I don't think she's got a deep run in her, yeah, or at least it not, feels... not not a, not an effective deep run. It feels a little bit like the game in its current form has passed her by. Like, I I don't think she's prepared for what she's going to have to do. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, and and maybe maybe she'll surprise us. But just the way she 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 feels almost like too eager to an extent. Like she came. She came into the challenge and it was just like I and I love that people are excited and all smiles, but it felt different with her that she was maybe too caught up in the moment of I'm on Survivor, this is awesome versus I'm on Survivor, I'm I'm here to work. Yeah, 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 that's true. Um, yeah, and I think if you go in, uh, if you go in as more of a fan, it's just hard. Like. you're you're not playing um like you think you are because you've watched it but like you're not you're not in the right mindset yeah and and we'll see again first episode is just complete shot in the dark no pun intended i don't think of of trying to suss out where players are at with their their mindset and their approach and what they're thinking through but that's what we're here to do we're here to speculate wildly and irresponsibly on what these players are doing um because that's that's the fun of it that's the fun of it um any any other thoughts on where any other players sit anything we didn't touch on or go over no uh this is where i was going to talk about cody i I was going to mention that i don't think he has a shot of of winning um but i think like just top one percent scenario would be he just like bullshits his way all the way to final tribal and then gets called out for it at the end and, and gets beat by someone that like, that would just be a dream come true. And I just the conversation he was having where he's like, Oh no, salespeople, you can't, I mean, you just can't trust those guys. And then he's like, uh, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a salesperson. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell people I am. Yeah. That, that was a great moment. 
And I, I love, I love that part that what do you, what do you think of whether it's a, a cop or a psychologist or salesperson that, or lawyer that if you hear someone's specific job, that they're automatically a bigger threat because of that job. I feel like it's kind of like the Alliance thing where if you're looking for some reason to vote someone out, like, like Cody was doing with, with Justine, he saw an angle to put the heat on somebody else. So he's going to take it. But in, in practice, or I guess in reality, do you think that makes much of a difference? If people think, Oh, he's a lawyer. We're going to vote him out. Or he's a cop. We're going to vote him out. Or or she's a psychologist. We're going to vote her out. Well, I don't, on the surface, I don't like the idea of it, but like for me personally, I, I think like it, it would factor into my winner pick knowing what someone's job is. I mean, I think like one of the most underrated ones was Michelle Fitzgerald winning as a bartender. And I think that's just like, like her social game was off the charts and like that's obviously what won it for her she went on kind of a challenge run too but i mean she was in with everyone and and she kind of has to be like every day so i i do think it's not unfair to make some decisions based on you know what people do every day what if and they never talk about this what if they're bad at their job though they i mean that's yeah yep definitely possible um uh, i don't know it's still like i I guess that's that's another way to look at it but Uh, i see see what what i go back to is uh can i spoil are you gonna watch australian survivor it's i I feel like it's not gonna happen anytime soon because ah because there's a great example about this, but I would basically spoil the loser of two seasons. Oh, no. Okay. There's someone who has a job that people think would make this person a great speaker at the end at the final tribal council. Okay. Okay. And then that person makes it and they completely bungle the final tribal. And this happens twice to this person in two seasons hmm. is it russell no <laughs> not even close okay. so just kind of goes to say that yeah they might whether it's a psychologist or a bartender or a lawyer they might you know talk or argue for a living but if you can't explain your game you know at some point you can't bs your way at the end unless you're an all-time BSer, but I don't know. We, this got off on a on a huge tangent that I was not not planning for. Um, we'll go over it if it comes up later in the season. But I think that's going to close us out for the premiere recap. Would you say? I think so. All right. Where are your hopes at right now? Then going into episode two, or just looking ahead at the whole season? Uh, they're they're still probably where they were before I watched the the episode. Not much. I change. just I. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, I know what's coming. I, there, it's a very, I don't know, it's like they have their checkpoints that they have to hit throughout the season. And 
I'm just not looking forward to a lot of those. So, all right. Well, hopefully Survivor can prove you wrong and deliver for you on this one. Get you back in the fold full 100%. Yep. I need that commitment. There we go. All right. Well, uh, make sure you are subscribed to Talking Llama. Apple, Spotify, and you're listening. Uh, if this is your first time listening, if you like the episode, make sure you hit that hit that subscribe button so you get it automatically. And you can follow us on social media at Llama Talk Pod on Twitter, Talking Llama Pod on Instagram. Follow me at Matt Hambage on both. And another plug, uh, if you're into movies, I got my Cinema Subs podcast out every Wednesday morning. This every Thursday, so I'm keeping myself very busy. And for Jared Sundin, this is Matt Hambage, and we'll see you next time for another scoop of the crispy. Thank you.